Hey, it's H1. It's H1. And we're about to be running it back with another episode. Hey, I am so excited to be here. Man, I just want to say, just to be truthful, just to be honest, that this season is almost at its finale. Yes, I said it. These episodes are only 10 episodes each season. So this season is actually almost at its finale. So so stay tuned. Stay tuned for H1. I just wanted to say that. And plus, what are we going to be talking about today, H1? Well, I'm going to be talking about adapting in chess. Now, adapting in chess, uh, it, it comes in different forms. There's different forms of adapting. But I'm going to be talking about adapting when everything goes wrong on a chessboard. How everything flips on a chessboard because adapting is the key component into being a better chess player. You got to know how to switch the switch. You got to know how to switch the ideas around. If you're losing, you got to go in losing mode. Be more constant. If you're winning, you you can't lazy. You can't be lazy. You can't relax. You got to be just as concentrated as your opponent. Because you can't be poking a person that is injured. They're going to be so obtuse. Is that is that how you say it? I don't know. They're going to be so alert. Looking for your mess ups. You can't relax when you're winning. So those are the two things I'm going to be talking about. And guess what? It comes with a beautiful story. It comes from a story of... Just not even too, not even long ago. It comes from a story of when H1 went to a tournament. H1 went to a tournament recently, not recently, a couple years ago. Two experiences in the same tournament. That was the twist. That was the twist in the same tournament. So please stay tuned. Stay tuned for this next segment. I appreciate all of you. And I just want to say, I just want to say these two words. Thank you. I want to say thank you because y'all have been with me since the beginning. The people that are listening right now, you are the OGs. You are the smart people. All of you are intelligent people that I love dearly. And since y'all are here to support H1, I just want to let you know that I do have an Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel. I do have a Facebook. I do have a clothing line own Redbubble. I do have all of that. So if you want to support a brother just to see what I'm doing, then you can do that. You can do that. And if this season does end on the finale and I have to take a break for two weeks, guess what I'm going to be still posting on? Guess exactly what I'm going to be still posting on. Those other things. So stay tuned. We're going to get ready. We're going to be running it back. Let's let's do the intro one more time. Just 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 for the heck of it because I'm I'm excited to get into this. We're going to be running it. Hey, do it with me. Do it with me. Even if even if you're in the car, if you're in the shower or if you're cleaning your house or you just hanging around with your friends just listening to me, just say this. We're going to be running it back with another episode. This is where everything started, so I just appreciate everything. Let's get to it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, H1 is here for the story time. I'm glad that you are here. You sitting right there. Why is H1 always trying to we're we're always trying to break the fourth wall. Stop, H1. Stop trying to break the fourth wall. Like I'm just this guy sitting in this car in his garage recording or something. Stop trying to break the fourth wall, H1. But anyway, let's get into the story. The story of how H1 went to a tournament as a let me as a 20 year old as a 20 year old so i went to this tournament this tournament was hosted by the kansas city chess club and i only went to the tournament because there is one person that i wanted to play and his name was michael brooks yes michael brooks was there and he's an international master and you might be thinking what is an international master h1 is going to explain H1 is going to tell you what an international master is. So, on the rankings, there is the novice player, which is 16 or under, and then beginner players is under 1,000. But anyway, and then above that, there's expert. And then, after that, there's chess master. And then, after that, there's CM. I forgot what the C stands for, candidate master or whatever. I I don't know. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, you can look that up on Google. And then after that, there's International Master, which the International Master is right below Grandmaster. And then after Grandmaster, there's nothing. Those those people are just unreal. They're not even from Earth. So this guy was an International Master, and I was excited to play him because... He has a lot more chess knowledge than H1. Yeah, I said it. I am not too proud to say that somebody else has a lot more chess knowledge than H1. So when I went into the tournament that was hosted by Ken, and this is the Kansas City Chess Club, I was kind of excited, but I'm a grown-up, so I can't just be jumping up and down like I'm ready for the tournament. I can't be acting like a kid. No, 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 sir, because this is matured H1. This is the H1 that is respectful of other of other people, you know? I, I, I don't just call people garbage or something like that. In this tournament, it was people in my level, people stronger than H1, and I got prepared. I studied hard. I worked hard because I still had a wife, and I, I had to take care of business while training, and I trained with tactics. I studied openings. I knew what I was doing, and I was fully prepared. So when I went into this Kansas City Chess Club tournament, I was ready. I was ready to start my opening. I was ready to put down D4 on the chessboard. So when I walked in, it was a small little shop. The Kansas City Chess Club, this this building, it was pretty, it was pretty cozy. And um, the tournament started um, after everybody got there, of course. It was about 
eight to ten people there and it was it was a private tournament it it was a closed tournament because it wasn't for the public it was for like stronger people it wasn't just for anybody so it wasn't just for every everybody in that area so they got the tournament started with the with the paper that pairs everybody with the paper and my first opponent was this guy we're gonna call him Larry and Larry had the black pieces and I had the white pieces which I love having white pieces so that I can play my Catalan and I played my Catalan and I went in the setting was quiet full of grown-ups no kids pretty much how I like it because no noise all you hear is just chess pieces all you smell is the chess boards and all you hear is people banging on the clocks but nothing else and maybe some pencil some pencil scribblings some pencil notation that I that I know of that you have to copy the you, you know the deal but anyway we started this first match Larry, he messed up in the opening. My Catalan was super sharp, so I did a couple moves, he did a couple moves, and I already knew that he wasn't playing to equalize with me. So, I continued to be more aggressive. I was aggressive, I was aggressive, and I got an advantage. I had a major space advantage in this game, and I was super excited because the principles that I go by just, like, three short principles is the space the quality and the what's the last one the space the quality the space the quality Ugh. dang i can't think of the last one right now dang dang why can't i think of the last space quality oh yeah space quality time and those are the three things that i think about when i go to a chessboard just to see who's winning and i definitely had all of those definitely the space definitely the time and the quality too. Yeah, I had all of those. What am, what am I talking about? But I was being too aggressive. And even before we played, we talked a little bit, and we um, we was talking about our lead chess ratings or whatever. Those ratings don't really matter. We was talking about our ratings on online chess, and it was pretty much the same a little bit. And then he said that Larry said that those ratings don't really matter when it comes to long like real tournaments over the board tournaments those are the real ratings that matter and we had that whole discussion and whatever and so when we got to the board um i was being too aggressive and i overreached i got hit with some tactics but it wasn't a tactic that i blundered and i just conceded the game no it wasn't a tactic where i lost after that tactic it was a tactic where he equalized the whole game after I had the space, the time, the quality, he equalized it with just a couple moves. That's how that's how fast chess can change. And so we was thinking, we looked at the board. There was a lot of pawns on the board, two rooks, two bishops on each side. Same amount of material. But the only difference is his king wasn't castled. And my king was. But it was almost it was pretty much the end game so during this point 
Larry asked me, he said, would you accept a draw? Now, as you know, H1, as you've been listening to me during these podcasts, do you think that I'm a person that is accept draws for no apparent reason? Because I don't see three move repetition on the board. I don't see insufficient pieces. I still see pawns that could be queened, bishops that could be moved, maneuvered, rooks that are still on the board that could be moved. I still have a whole army. So definitely I said, no, I don't want to draw. And I could just see the look on his face when I said no. Like, he had that look that he was irritated. He had that look that it was plain draw and whatever moves that I could do, it will still end up a draw. So we played a couple moves. He tried to trade pieces. I denied it because I wanted to play more. And you might be thinking, why deny the... Usually when you overreach again, you will lose the game. But the type of moves you have to be finessing your opponent with. You don't want to just... Con- you don't want to just do your opponent moves. You don't want to just take what your opponent offers. You don't want to go into your opponent's plans. So I didn't. I didn't take. I maneuvered my pieces. I move. I maneuvered my bishops to better diagonals. I put my rooks into open files. He did the same. He offered a draw again. I said no. We kept on notating. We kept on pushing the clock. He was getting... He was not getting down on time. I was getting down on time because I was thinking of ways just to prolong the game because I don't accept draws. I would rather lose than accept a draw because at least I learned from the loss. I should know how to play a game further with two rooks, two bishops and pawns on the board. I should know how to play the game until it finish. So we played a couple moves. We played more moves. We still had the two bishops, two rooks. And, I, and then we got into a position. Larry, he was getting tired. He was getting tired of the game. Not physically, he was getting tired of playing this position because in his mind, in his heart, he thought no doubt that this position was a draw. And that's one of the mistakes. Because... The thing that you should be looking at is not that the position is a draw because the com- because the position was a complete draw. Yes, that is true. But human psychology says that that position was not a draw. That there was more to fight for, especially when your opponent says no to your draw. Your opponent is still fighting and you're not. Why is that? Why are you having that flaw right now? So Larry started doing some moves that wasn't accurate that wasn't sufficient for the position and then I was getting that space that time that quality again and I was getting those three things back in the position but it wasn't enough still I was probably on the engine standards I was probably up I don't know 0.3 and I still had the white pieces but then I kept on playing it was a long game we was the only ones in the in the room Everybody else was done with their games around us. And we was closed and it was silent. And all you can hear is just 
the breathing and both of our voices just concentrated on his position. But his breathing was different from mine because his breathing was of frustration of why I wanted to play this position. So he did his last move. Then I seen something. I seen a move that if he did it, if he didn't stop it, what I was about to plan, he was going to lose the game the next move. He was going to be checkmated with the two bishops. And then he did the move. And then I moved my bishop and I checkmated him. I did the double bishop checkmate on him. And then he didn't even realize at first. At first, he thought that he was just going to continue with the game. He just notated it. And then I told him, hey, this is checkmate. Larry got so mad at the chessboard. He knocked over all of his pieces. He didn't even shake my hand. There was no chess etiquette after that game. As a 20-year-old, I was like, okay, so <laughs> you're too old to be doing that. And this guy, he was in his 20s. And I was, you're too old to be doing that. There's no such thing of, you should be learning from the loss. I know not to learn from it now. Go somewhere, cool off, do something. Don't be showing your emotions that much in the game. You lost. But then that person, not only did they lose... But they didn't play the rest of the games because they lost that game. Why is that? Why did that person do that? They walked out. They told the, the, the person that was the host of the tournament. They told them, hey, I'm not playing any of the other games. And then they ran off. They ran off and left. And I was telling them. I was telling everybody because everybody was wondering what was what happened. What happened, H1? And I was like, well, he got mad. <laughs> he got frustrated because he got checkmated. And then I was thinking in my head not to re- not to forget this moment because he let this on himself. He let this. He the one that stopped. He the one that stopped fighting. Even though it was an equal position, he still had to prove that this was an equal position. So that's what I was talking about, adapting to the situation. Even if the position is equal, you still have to finish the game. He should have adapted. I think he felt like since he he I think he felt like he had to win since he was losing at first and he equalized. And he thought that maybe I couldn't accomplish or like he didn't view me as a competitor anymore since I let go of the loss. But you, you know my childhood. I always come up from losses. I'm always ready for the win. So that's what I did. I won. And I adapted. And he didn't. Okay, there's going to be another segment. Get ready for the next one. Let's get to it.
This is the waiting room segment, bruh. Quotes by H1. You see? You see this? These are quotes by the 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 perfect, the amazing H1. And the quote of this episode is Let me get it. Give me the script, Anthony. Give me the script, Anthony. Gosh, give me the script. Okay. Okay. It says here Teaching makes life so much better. That's an awesome quote, H1. So awesome. So, thanks for listening, guys, and let's just continue. Please. I'm done. I know. I know last segment I talked about the first round of the tournament that I was in, but the story doesn't end there. The story does not end there, and I just want to talk about the rest. This tournament was three rounds. I had two more to go. I won. I was amazed that I won that easily, but at the same time, I put my foot down, and I never stopped fighting. Yeah. So, let's talk about the second round, I guess. The second round, I faced Michael Brooks. He demolished me. It was, I didn't even see it coming. I still don't know what I did wrong. Which, I, I know what I did wrong, but that's for a different story. It, it, it was cool because afterwards, he's a really nice guy. He, um, he like, we went over the game afterwards and, like, we just, we calculated some moves out. And it was a really, it was a really good learning experience. It wasn't like a psychology thing. It was just like, uh he overwhelmed me with his chess knowledge so after that game i was already pretty bummed to get to the third round which usually when i lose a game i overreach and or i'm super aggressive the next game but the next game it was a against a strong opponent he his rating was already 2000 and i wanted those points because i was like almost at 1800 at this point so I faced him. We're gonna call him. Um, we're gonna call him Henry. Now, Henry, he he was a different fellow. He was um he was different, and by different, I mean like personality different. And when I approached the board, I had the white pieces. He had the black pieces. We said good game. We didn't talk that much before the game, but we talked a lot about the game afterwards because of the things that happened which I will explain. In the beginning of the game, I did my Catalan, I, I busted D4 down, but the spirit of me was already gone because I was playing the moves too fast. I was not calculating at all, which in the opening, it's okay to play moves fast, but when you get into the middle game, you have to slow down and know that you're at least in the middle game and that you should be thinking about strategies, ideas, things to do to pressure your opponent, stuff like that. I already had everything in my mind because I I played the Catalan for so long and so many times in my head that uh, the way that he was going, I already knew, but I still should have slowed down just to show a little bit of respect for my opponent. I got into a position, the middle game, I was aggressive. He was defensive. He was trying to be aggressive, 
which he did offer to like sacrifice a piece to get some play, which I declined because there was a better option. And partly through the game, I was winning. I had my time. I had my space. I had my quality. It was all working for me. All my pieces were looking beautiful. I even got him in a tactic and I was in, I was a exchange up. It was excellent. H1 was relieved. I thought that I was just going to go on and win this game. But no, Henry did not stop fighting. And this is going to be a common thing in this um, episode because he, he didn't give up. And usually in chess, I don't advertise to give up at all or just to resign, especially when you're just down in exchange. Your opponent can lose. You're, you can win. You, you can win by just one mess up. One mistake can switch the whole game around. So this is what happened. I was up in exchange. We still had a, like a lot more pieces up. His, he like started pushing down his pawns in front of his king to try to attack my king because I, I think that he was just like worried that he wasn't going to get any play or that he was just going to lose. I tried to open up the position some more and then I got caught in a tactic. The tactic was it it was horrible. <laughs> Never going to lie. I got caught in some stuff and I sat there. I had 20 minutes. He had about 10 minutes. Now the game started with 30 minutes. So all I thought before this point was like 10 minutes. I thought about this game for about 15 minutes after that because I messed up on a tactic and I didn't know which way to go I was calculating each way each way and H1 couldn't understand what was going on because it was like each variation of the position I was losing and in my head I was like no I was up in exchange but now I have to give back the exchange I fought hard to get that exchange against this 2000 rated player and I want to win. I want to show this player that I am a real contender of being an expert, like a good player. In my heart, I'm I'm a low-key chess master in my heart. You know what? You know what? To myself, I don't belittle people, but I strive to be confident in each game that I play. And in that game, I really wanted to win. I really just wanted to learn from the experience that I had with Michael Brooks from that loss or just to prove that I won that first game because I'm a good player. I'm not on the same level as that guy. (laughs) But it didn't turn out to be that way. I was calculating variations after variations and each variation. Damn, I'm going to be saying that word a lot. But each um, each little pattern... I was I was giving back the exchange. But there was one variation. There is one that I can go. There was one that would be smoother than the rest. And that one equalizes the game. After I was winning, I had to equalize the game. That 
that boggles me. I have to equalize the game after I fought hard and long to get that exchange. Now I have to equalize it back so that I can have a chance again. That psychology is insane. So I didn't trick. I didn't pick the right decision. No, I didn't pick that way because I was winning the game. So I went for another set of moves that was partly trickery and partly losing on my end. I went for a chance because I didn't. I didn't want to just equalize the game after I was winning. And of course, after he thought about the next few moves, he found the all the right moves. He found all of them, and he ended up winning the game at the end. Even though I could have kept on the game and just and just equalized, I probably could have got a draw instead of a full loss. I tried to trick my opponent instead of just playing the board. Just playing the board. He capitalized on that because he's used to doing that. He's he, he's a tournament player. I'm a I'm a family guy now, so he's used to doing that. And after the game, he's a nice guy. We we went over the game because there was a lot to calculate, and we went over all the possibilities, everything that I was thinking about. And I was winning. There was a few moves that I could that I could have done that I neglected because, first of all, I was moving too fast. I was moving way too fast for this position. This position was. Um, low-key intense it was super intense and sharp and I needed to slow down to think about things and I needed to get into the right mindset my mind was somewhere else somewhere far behind chess reality that hey I'm human I messed up let me go back and I've been trying to learn this for like 10 years now and it's crazy easy now it's actually i've been playing chess for 13 years but competitively i've been trying to learn this for 10 years i should have got myself in the right mindset of just oh i messed up i need to equalize so that i can get another chance to win i need to win again there's nothing wrong with trying to win the game again after you messed up you can learn from your mistakes the next game but i didn't i had a good conversation i won one game lost two But those were some valuable lessons that I learned and I treasure them. And and if I didn't do it, I would have never learned that. So at the end of the game, I lost twice. I won once. I drove off. Not in a mad way. Like I was I'm a happy person. Like it's a game is just a game to me. It's not life or death. I didn't it was prize money, but it wasn't that serious. Like it those that money wasn't gonna pay my bills or anything. Maybe a few, maybe the internet bill. But I drove off, went to McDonald's, got me two Big Macs because, you know, you know, the the football team got a sack. But anyway, that's I don't know that here here in this uh, state yeah we do that we do that so i ate some gross mcdonald's big macs fries maybe a mcchicken sausage biscuit yeah i I picked out i got home my wife was wondering i like why did you get food when i already cooked i was like i lost two games i won one she understood because she's a good woman she's my only queen 
I have two queens, one on the board, one in real life. <laughs> I'm tripping. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I just appreciate all of you. Thank you for hearing my story. And I hope that you learned the lesson of just not going too fast. Actually paying attention to what's going on. And not just and not letting your emotions get ahead of you. Just keep them in check. And plus, one other thing, sometimes you have to win the position again. I know you've been sitting in that chair for a long time. I get it. I know you've been nervous the whole time, but you need to, if you messed up, then you need to rewind like you're starting a position again and win it. And if you get that emotion, then that's one thing that you do not have to learn. That's one thing you do not have to learn. Okay. But thanks, guys. I appreciate all of you. And if you made it this far, you are you are my OGs. Okay. My old gangsters. H1 fam. I appreciate you. Whatever country you're in, whatever podcast you're listening to. I just appreciate it. And if you need this information, just just to let you know, you can replay it. You can replay all these videos. I'm not going to take none of these episodes out. So you can replay it. And please, 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 if you're still here, share with your friends and family. If they're chess players or if they're not, if they just want to listen to somebody, just talk about chess and go to sleep. I don't I don't know. This is good information. This is value. I'm glad to bring value to all of you. Peace. See you in the next episode. Thank you.